Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back to another episode of Beyond Sunday. We had off for the Christmas break. Welcome back to you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you got away. We missed you. Yeah, it's good to be back. And the sun's shining today. Yeah. It's nice. It's been dreary and cloudy and rainy. Yeah. Drizzly. Plus I've been working with Austin most of the time. It's like, man. Yeah, that's hard. Dreary, cloudy, gray, cloudy. Yeah. We all have trials and we tribulations do. in we life. Do. So um, I cross the bear when you're yeah, away. Yeah, it is. And when I'm here, you have jokes to bear. Yeah, I know. So I had uh, someone send me a joke to tell you. They're catching on. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, this one goes, what happened to the plant in math class? What happened to the plant in math class? Just to put a little pressure on you, Chase got it. Oh, that's I'm not good at jokes anymore. I've lost my touch. So Plant in math class. Yep. I mean, it, it either got subtracted, divided. Um, I, I don't know. It grew square roots. Oh, way to go, Chase. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed. That's I didn't good. That is good. I won't tell you where it came from. Thank you. To spare them from the harassment. <laughs> from, from, my, from my barrage of emails. Um, yeah. So we're going to go back in today's episode. We're going to hit two sermons. I know. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Uh, so December 24th in the morning would have been the fourth Sunday of Advent. Mm. Uh, confession, I did not listen to the sermon. Oh. I did read the passage, Happy though. Happy New Year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a question. So that would have been the fourth Sunday of Advent. Mm-hmm. Was the word love that oh, morning? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that'll be out of Deuteronomy chapter 7, mm-hmm. verses 6 through 13 mm-hmm. was the passage for that morning. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a hermeneutical question, I think, than anything. Uh, but we'll start there, and then we'll get into this past Sunday's Proverbs 3 sermon and mm-hmm. revisit that for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. You good with that? I have no choice. I was going to say it doesn't matter. No. Okay. So I'm at your mercy. Deuteronomy chapter seven. Mm-hmm. Let me read. Yeah, I'll stay in Proverbs, but you go ahead. Okay. Let me read um, just the first verse. Mm-hmm. It was like six verse thirteen, six. I think, right? Yeah. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for His treasured possession, out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Okay, so that's verse mm-hmm. six, just mm-hmm. to give a little context mm-hmm. here. Um, so the ver- the first bullet point that morning, this is the question, was something like the special place we have with our God. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? So is verse six, for example, to be implied to Israel or to us? Because mm-hmm. so your sure. your title there is the special place we have mm-hmm. with our God, Always, yeah. and that. That seems to be, and if you're reading the kind of the context before that, it's you know kind of Israel displacing the nations sure. that were in the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, kind of just if you're reading it at you know face value, yeah. you're going to say this is written to Israel, yeah. not to us. Right. But you're you made a shift mm-hmm. to us. Why? And then I think my follow up question is going to be help us know. When do we do that? Sure. So the first thing is, I did mention on that Sunday, but it was very, very quickly, that if you go to the New Testament letters, you'll find the same wording used for the church. 
So we're a chosen people, for instance, in Peter's mm -hmm. epistle. Yep. So I did that so that uh, folks might, uh, like like whoever this person is, I, I did want that to come out on Sunday just because of people could be saying, well, that is, that's being spoken uh, only to Israel, not to us. So it actually that same special position is ours, mm -hmm. according to New Testament writers. So in that sense, so we don't have to worry about you know, did did we read that wrongly? Uh, we read it correctly. As far as though just an overall reading strategy, the best thing to do is to remember that the Old Testament is uh, is also being uh, interpreted for us now uh, because of Jesus teaching in the Gospels, and then because of his apostles teaching what he taught them in their epistles. So, remember all of the reinterpretation that we get in the early Gospels. You know, Jesus, um, you know, when he said, you've heard it said, but I say unto you, that type of language. Mm -hmm. So Jesus comes along and he starts to interpret the, the Old Testament with reference to himself and shows how um, followers of him will now gain a righteousness that exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And there I'm quoting from Matthew's gospel, let's say. So as an overall reading strategy, we're always reading the Old Testament knowing that it is God's instruction for us. You know, you could think about Paul saying, you know, these things were written as an example so that we might or might not. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty safe to start there. That doesn't mean that every single text is something that we can transfer immediately over. But by and large, that Old Testament story is our story. In this case, in the Deuteronomy text, where it's uh, this is um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So this is the last of the uh, Pentateuch, uh, the Pentateuch Torah. or the Torah. So uh, what, what we have now is we have instruction in our text, which is based upon God saying, look, I've redeemed you. Look at the parallels uh, with us, by the way, in this case. I've redeemed you from slavery, in this case, from, not from Egypt only, but uh, to sin. Uh, you know, I'm your redeemer. So here's how redeemed people are supposed to live when I set them free and send them into the world. So there's a lot of similarities in this mm -hmm. text. So I, I really like this question because it doesn't just apply to this passage. Right. It's a great hermeneutical question, our Bible reading question, because we see it all the time. Yeah. So just to get back here, mm -hmm. uh, Deuteronomy 7, starting in verse 1 to 13, let's say, mm -hmm. verses 1 through 5 are, you know, here's what you've got to do. you got to displace the Amorites, the Canaanites, yep. Parasites, yep. etc. Um, Interesting, so, right? We wouldn't. We wouldn't say that that instruction is ours. Exactly. Yep. And so that's what I'm trying to get at here. Yep. You know, when do we know, well, this applies to us, yep. this doesn't apply to us. Right. Versus one through five, we're going to say that doesn't apply to us directly. Except for a couple of things. So number one, we would say um, it doesn't apply to us with respect to displace the people. So mm -hmm. in other words, God has never taught us, the church, in any way, shape, or form that when you're born into the world and when you're born again, now you chase out all the non-Christians. Right. We're actually supposed to be making disciples. Mm -hmm. So our mission now is different from what their mission was. Uh, they were supposed to be light bearers in a different way than we were. Mm -hmm. In their day, God gave them the specific instructions. Look, you can't mingle with these people because of the danger they pose to you. Mm -hmm. In our day, we'll learn this on Sunday too, that God is able to use us in a different way in the world rather than to chase people out of the, you know out of our territories, so mm -hmm. to speak. But 
the, let me just say yep. the one thing that you didn't read, though, I think was maybe in verse 2. Uh, can you read verse 2? Yep. And when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, yep. then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant. That, that okay. part. You the, shall make no, no covenant, covenant with, with them, them and show no mercy to them. Yeah. So one of the things that you know God said is you can't go into an agreement with these people because if you go into an agreement to live among them, uh, they will cause you to be idolaters. Mm -hmm. Now, that instruction now is, is, is not the instruction that we're given in no. our world because of what Jesus teaches his own disciples. Yeah, but would you say maybe the principle of the, the tie that we make, the relationships we have with non-believers, there needs to be some wisdom? Uh, in place there? What I would do is I would I'd follow from make no covenant, and then I would go up into the New Testament in this case and show the places in Paul's letters where Paul says, this is the way you're supposed to you know, act amongst non-Christians. Uh, non mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what's the one where he says, uh, be not unequally yoked to, yeah, something right. like Don't, that. Yep. Mm -hmm. The language is kind of awkward, but most of us are familiar with it if we've been in church for a while. So yeah. there are places in the New Testament where there are specific instructions where God says, here's how we're supposed to act amongst the, the non-Christians that are all around us. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is similar to making no covenant with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but so that that becomes very difficult. I mean, already in just yeah. the opening verses of Deuteronomy, some of it applies directly as you mm -hmm. to use your words and then some of it doesn't yeah um maybe one way i'm thinking about it a little bit is what we're doing what we're reading here is god's account of his people and his mm -hmm. leading them his instruction for them kind of the the storyline of god's people and there's some things that pretty clearly you can make a connection to the new testament on mm -hmm. chosen people is a great great example yeah. of that mm -hmm. um but then there's other things. Let's just go back to you know the Exodus or the slavery in Egypt, and what did Egypt and Pharaoh represent mm -hmm. uh, in the story, and how does that parallel to our lives mm -hmm. in 2024? Yeah. Um, and so mm -hmm. there's going to be some things that we do just like they did, but there's other things that there's either a principle behind it or yeah. there's biblical wisdom behind it that can be applied mm -hmm. to our lives. Yeah, and to use some of the terminology, going back to some of the ancients like Augustine, when they start to figure out how God's revelation functions for the church, because remember, he's a bishop, he's a pastor, mm -hmm. uh, he uses the word signs, that the words are signs that point you to a reality beyond themselves. And mm -hmm. so in this case, the redemption from Egypt is pointing to another redemption that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Something like that. So I like I like some of what Augustine did there early on with that. Yeah. It's helpful because mm -hmm. the signs do point to something. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, so yeah, I think that answers the question. Um, the second part of the question, I'll just throw it out there, mm -hmm. but I think it's pretty well answered though. Mm -hmm. Verse 13 is another example mm -hmm. of it where you ended. Uh, he will love you, mm -hmm. bless you, and multiply you. Mm-hmm. Keep reading that verse. I know. He will also bless... I stopped on purpose. <laughs> I did, actually. Yeah, yeah no, I, I understand yeah. why. Yeah. He will also bless the fruit of your womb, the yep. fruit of the ground, your yep. grain, your yep. wine, yep. and your oil, mm -hmm. increase of your hurt, et cetera. So mm -hmm. some of those carry over, Yeah, specifically, in, yeah. not all of them. Yes, because in the Old Testament, 
uh, in the Old Testament sense, much of the blessing of God was connected to the agricultural time mm-hmm. and prosperity, which is why I, I either said it Sunday or the Sunday before about, you know, if you're a health and wealth person, you know, you'd want to latch onto some of these texts. But um, those are all the blessings of being, uh, you know, being with God. And God says, I will bless you in all these ways. And they experienced that when they obeyed. And then, of course, the opposite is true. The curses fell on them when they disobeyed. Mm-hmm. But that's all typical Old Testament blessing language, the benefits of being with God in the Old Testament. Now, some of that changes, too, when you come into our world. Again, l- let me just say to the, you know, to the, to all of us, but the yeah. person asked it too. Uh, one of the things that we're always doing when reading the Bible is reading it as a whole. So from Genesis to Revelation, that's our book. So we're never reading Deuteronomy, trying to figure out what does Deuteronomy mean. I'm really not concerned about that. What I'm concerned about is what does Deuteronomy mean theologically for the church, and that's only when we take the entire context of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Now we interpret it all which gets us away from, for instance, a health and wealth reading, Mm -hmm. because we know that there's more in the Bible than just the promise that you'll be wealthy and healthy and have no miscarriages, for instance. Yeah. That's just not the promises of God anymore for his people. So if I were going to ask you to sum up, and maybe you just did, but you can add to it, um, help help us as a church, someone reading their Bible, Mm -hmm. working their way through the scriptures in this next year, how do I know what to take from the Old Testament and what to leave or how to kind of yeah. slice and dice it. Yeah. I mean, the first thing the first thing I'll say is, again, to go back to the ancients who would say, the best readers of the Bible are those who read the Bible from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. So read it all. The whole thing. And read it all putting the pieces together rather than reading it you know, in little bits and pieces where you never put the pieces together. Read Deuteronomy with respect to the rest of the Bible. So the better off you are, the more you're familiar with all the Bible, the better you are a reader of the Bible in any place. Mm-hmm. So I would start I would start with something like that. Second, then I would just go to, if you know your Bible well, now what you're doing is you're saying, okay, what part of our mission is different from Deuteronomy 7? And where would you find that? Mm-hmm. Where would you go to know that? Mm-hmm. And again, you have to know your way around the, the Bible, Bible to get there. So... Mm-hmm. Um, Third thing, I guess I would say is assume that it's written for you. Do that first, rather than what's the tendency of everyone is to assume that that's an ancient part of the Bible. Get used to the Bible. Get used to God speaking to you. Put yourself into the storyline is what I tell my students all the time. Put yourself into the storyline, and then you'll discover what God intends for that Old Testament scripture to do for you as a part of the church. Mm -hmm. So assume that it's ours. Yeah, it's a word from God to us, and that's good because a lot of people are starting a Bible reading program for the new year, yeah. and a lot of that's the Old Testament, yeah. depending on your plan. Yeah, um, but there's a lot of sectors in Christianity that disregard the whole Old Testament. Sure, say it's not for us. Right, don't, you don't even, need it. Yeah, just yeah. take it out of your Bible. Yeah, um, but that's a helpful reminder to start with. Let's assume this is for me. Mm-hmm. This is God's word, His revelation yeah. to me. Yeah for life and godliness, yeah. and I'm going to listen. And as my my friend and professor would say, remember, that's Jesus' Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty good. You know, he's always saying that. Yeah. That's Jesus. That's the Bible Jesus used. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with that. Yeah, absolutely. I got a little paperback on my shelf that's, do we need the New Testament? 
It's a little, just a okay. little paperback. What's the gist of that one? There's the Old the Testament angle. is so, oh. you know, so it's important for us that we don't, do we even need, you know, I'm sure it's an overstatement, but yeah, it's kind yeah, of yeah. a little. But to make know. a point. Yeah. Good. Um, all right. So into December 31st. No way. Yep. Okay. Proverbs chapter three. All right. You open your phone again. I got it. Um, finding and holding on to wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Finding it verse 13, holding on to it verse 18. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so blessed are the wise, wisdom for the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, why wisdom is so important. Um, it's, it, it pales or gold and silver pale in comparison to it. Mm. You talked for a minute about, you know, how money does make things easier sometimes <laughs> yeah. and can make things happier. Yeah. I got a stat for you. You ready? Yeah. You're going to guess. Guess how many, get what percentage of Americans buy Christmas gifts for themselves? It's the square root of something. <laughs> no. You want to take a stab? I have no idea. 51%. Oh, wow. Yeah. 51% of Americans okay. buy. So chances are one of us buys a Christmas gift for themselves and the other one doesn't. Yeah. Maybe we both do. I Maybe we didn't. Both don't. I didn't this year buy myself a gift, I don't think. I don't think I did this I year. I do buy things for myself around Christmas, yeah, but I don't yeah. wrap them. Oh, yeah. Well, that, you know? then you're off the hook. So. Yeah. If you don't wrap it, it's not a gift. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, right. um, yeah. But wisdom is is infinitely more valuable than gold and silver and yeah. rubies or whatever other red yeah. stones you may find. Yeah. Um, uh, but question here, mm-hmm. you took us, or verse 18, oh man, can mm-hmm. you read it? I'm not open mm-hmm. to it yet. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Okay. So tree of life, mm-hmm. um, you took us back there. Um, clarify for me, I, I got a little mm-hmm. bit lost. We were talking oh, about like, sorry. yeah, no, we were talking about Adam and Eve in the garden, they weren't to touch it, but mm-hmm. that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. The tree of life is oh, wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, help help me out with that a little bit. Cause I before you got there, I thought, oh, tree of life, you know. Yeah. I, I like going back there. So let me start with let me start with the tree of life. Yeah. She's a tree of life to those who lay hold of her, means that she wisdom functions mm-hmm. as a giver of life beyond physical life. Let's let's start mm-hmm. there. So I had a list of, I bet I had like four sort of four levels of definitions of this tree of life thing. Okay. All of them basically were saying it's more than the physical life they had. Mm -hmm. It's another level of life and where it's um, uh, renewal. um, What was the other word? Uh, maybe healing came into play. There were three or four of those definitions that were trying to get to the level of, okay, what do you get? All of them, all of them agreed that she's a tree of life, meaning what she'll end up giving is something more than just physical life, which will end because of the curse. So in some ways they're all saying wisdom is, uh, one of her benefits is she defeats the curse in human life. So that it allows a human being to exist beyond this cursed existence, which mm-hmm. happened obviously quickly. Yeah. But I'm sorry about the confusion between the two trees. You're right. So she's a tree of life, but wisdom herself was lost when mm-hmm. um, in the Genesis narrative, 
the only prohibition has to do with the other tree. Yeah. And that was the tree where, of course, they take part of that fruit mm -hmm. and then they lose the very thing that she did offer. Uh, and I and I don't have the quote. You could find it in Genesis 3, but it's where um, um, able, able to make one wise, I think is oh. the phrase. Yes. Mm -hmm. So obviously they see that, they hear that, and they go, oh, we want that. Yeah. And what I was trying to say is that's where um, they went ahead and took took of that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they lost the very wisdom that they were yeah, supposedly right. supposed to get. Isn't it so, Eve who sees it and yep. it's able to make her wise yeah. and she wants that, yeah. but it's not good for her, yeah. but she takes it anyway. Yeah. Um, so yes, the confusion was that tree of life is in the is in this garden. They didn't get to that one yet, uh, thankfully. But when they took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that's when they lose the wisdom which is being offered here. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah. So I don't know if that even clears it up for it, you, but it, if it doesn't, no. jump, jump back in. Yeah, no, it does. Um, but I, that's a helpful uh, way to flesh out the term too. It, um, how did you say it? The tree of life, it all it takes away all of uh, the the effects of the curse. It's able to give you... Yeah, she's a tree. I mean, to use the language here, she's a tree that provides what I would consider to be life plus. Yeah. She's a tree that offers life beyond the curse, life with God, which is, of course, it's eternal as far as not dying, right? but it's eternal in quality. So it's a level above. I forget which scholar guy mentioned that level, but uh, it's, a, it's a level above the physical existence. Uh, because of this is the life of God himself that we're getting. Yeah. Um, and so you ended the service then talking about ways that we know we're wise. Mm -hmm. And so the question came in just to kind of flesh out mm -hmm. uh, one of them in particular. Some of the ones I jotted down were how do we know? The question is how do we know mm -hmm. if we're wise or mm -hmm. gaining in wisdom? And you kind of phrased it, are we more humble? Are we more joyful? Are mm -hmm. we more godly? And then you... Uh, this one caught caught the ear of someone. Mm -hmm. Are you more quick sighted mm -hmm. to his will? And this is th that part of that quote is coming from Packer, I believe. Okay, I think it's J.I. Packer. Quick, uh, quick sighted to his Ye will. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. How would you how would you define that? Quick sighted to God's will. So what what was what was fun at least for me about studying this particular term was. God gives us a part of his own character. So if he is wise, what is he? Mm -hmm. And so let me start there. The wisdom of God was defined as he's able to devise the perfect end or goal mm -hmm. and use perfect means to get there. So here's God who knows exactly what's best for his creatures and he's able to providentially move in that direction, and nothing stops him from doing that. So he has perfect wisdom. Now, he confers some of that to us. It's imperfect now. So when we got to the point where we said, okay, well, how do you, you know, do you know if you're wise or not? Being quick-sighted to his will is, do I, do I have this sense of, I see the will of God always before me. My day is shaped by the will of God. 
I'm trying to think of language that I would use, um, you know, for myself. Am I, am I eager to do his will today? Quick sighted, I think was Packer's and I could, I could go back and check the source. I'm pretty sure it's Packer because I was only really reading him a little bit because of the knowledge, uh, what's his book? Um, knowing God Mm -hmm. by, by J.I. Packer, knowing God, but then also Tozer, the knowledge of the holy. Mm -hmm. I read them both with respect to what was God's wisdom. What is the wisdom of God that he, and then from there, what does he confer? So I think it was Packer who used that term quick sighted to his will, which is a person who is very, very eager to do the will of God. And then of course, wisdom means that I do have the ability to see what it is and do it. Mm-hmm. So remember wisdom overall is a skill. Yeah. It's skillful living. It's a person who succeeds according to the standards that God sets for life. And so this is a person, the person who is quick-sighted to his will is the one who sees very quickly, I know this is the will of God for me. I know this is the will of God for me. I know this is the will of God for me. And my purpose in life is to accomplish his will in those areas, something Mm -hmm. along those lines. Um, And then the opposite of that would be, I'm just trying to think of how, Mm -hmm. what that would look like for someone who's slow sighted. So, yeah, I mean, a couple of times during that message, I want, I really wanted to slow down and, but you know how it goes with, with the time. And so I thought about, you know, it's pretty easy for me. Is my life focused on me or God? It, it's, it was really kind okay. of a simple, the more I thought about this last week, the more I thought, no, actually, it's pretty easy. I mean, the, the language that we've all grown up with is kind of like, do I live for, for God's glory or not? And that's still vague to me. But if I, if I look at my day, am I living for myself or am I living for God? That's, mm-hmm. an, easy, that's an easy ask, mm-hmm. I think. That's not hard to figure out. So someone who's slow-sighted to pick up God's will. Yeah. Right, yeah. is probably more focused on themselves. They're yeah, thinking about. They're not even looking. Yeah, go ahead. How can yeah. I accomplish? How can I get ahead? Yeah. How can I accomplish my my will for yeah. today? Yeah. Uh, get my agenda yeah. done. Right. The, their personal yeah. Yeah. goals and desires yeah. are really what's on their mind. Yeah. And not God's will or desire. And sometimes they coincide. They could. But yeah. right. Yep. What's driving that then? Yep. Too? I think that's exactly right. I think it's so easy to, to see, you know, a wise person is a person who is, who is um, they're walking with God. Mm-hmm. And that was my first, I think the first in a list of things was, you know, wisdom is walking with God. The ability to love your, love your neighbor or your, the people, the significant people in your life to love and serve them. So walk with God, love and serve others. The ability to make good decisions that that make you successful in the eyes of God, and then the ability to be faithful in these responsibilities that you've been given. There was a list of three or four things that I went through on Sunday, and so I do think it boils down to that. I mean, people get up, you know, people are you know start their day today, and are they are they thinking about the will of God or not? Yeah, at what, all. And even just thinking about simply and practically. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Is it what's on the Instagram feed or whatever social media? Yeah. Like what happened in the sports last night? Is yeah. that where you turn your attention first? Well, that would be okay. That part. <laughs> or are we starting our day not necessarily with two hours of prayer, <coughs> but can I start my day with a God-focused, you yep. know, prayer? Yep. You know, Lord, how I, to go about this day? And yeah, and like I, I said, uh, you know, 
those things help us mm-hmm. orient our our focus yeah. in a in a Christ-centered way. Yeah. As opposed to a self-centered way. And I, you know, I urged us all, God, would you please give us wisdom for today? Mm-hmm. If I say that, it's because I want to succeed for him, for his glory. I know it's going to be for my good. Yeah. But it's for, but I want it for his glory. You know, what are my, my tasks are today? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I think that helps. Quick sighted yeah. to his will. I'm I'm quick. I'm quick to think about what does he want me to do. I'm quick to see those things. I'm quick to do those things. Resolute is a nice word. You know, we don't use that much, mm-hmm. but that's a nice word. I'm resolute to do those things. So all of that, seeing uh, I, I, I want his will, I see what his will is. I want to see it through. All of that, I think, is that wise person. Yeah, good. The fear And the fear of the Lord starts it all, remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's my, you know, glad submission to, to God. God. Yeah, safe. yeah. Yeah, great. That's good. Anything else you want to add now that you got like this is your bonus time? Well, we probably should go back three or four other sermons. And um, <laughs> hey, we're starting the core values this weekend. Okay. So we'll, we'll work them in order That's just good. Uh, for the next four weeks. Okay. Lord look, willing. Look forward to that. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> Young you, adult retreat. You had, oh, is it this coming weekend? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So unfortunately. Where are you going? Uh, we're going to a cabin up on uh, Turkey Hollow Road. Okay. Yeah. I know that cabin then. Hey, great. I'd Come join that? us. I don't know. No, or it's not Judd's? No. Okay. Mm-mm. No, not Judd's cabin. Well, that's the Laurel one. Duh. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. You'd think so. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, again, I'll remind you, if you have questions, email them into podcast at cbcmj.com. Oh, okay. That's, that's where they go. That's where you can send them. Randy gets them. I get them. I read them. Wow. Randy doesn't. No, you do. Sometimes I don't. (laughs) I bring them to the table, though. And that's what it's all about. Good. You happy? I'm happy. Have a great week. Happy New Year. Won't see you on Sunday. I will, Lord willing. See you around. Love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.